RTHK, the news at one with Todd Harding. The headlines, the Transport Commissioner says authorities did not do enough to promote the now postponed electronic toll system. Hong Kong and Macau residents can resume individual travel to Taiwan from next Monday and Hong Kongers prepare to celebrate Valentine's Day with nearly all COVID restrictions gone. Transport Commissioner Rosanna Law says authorities did not do enough to promote the new electronic toll system, whose launch was put back to May the 7th yesterday. The HKE toll system will first replace the manual toll booths and auto toll lanes within the Qingxia control area before being rolled out at other government-owned tunnels. But drivers and lawmakers have complained that its implementation was too hasty. Speaking on an RTHK programme, Ms Law said about 30% of Hong Kong's 800,000 vehicle owners had applied for a payment tag, but that the message hadn't got through to most. We gave a detailed explanation in January, but perhaps back then we didn't yet have an implementation day and people were busy, so they did not pay much attention. There was a short video tutorial showing people how to apply for a new payment tag and how to attach it to their vehicles. But looking back, it was not quite enough. Police are investigating a fatal traffic accident in Chunwan this morning in which a 42-year-old man died. The man was riding his motorcycle along Woyi Hop Road when it was hit by a taxi near Leimukshu Estate just before 7am. He was rushed to Yanchai Hospital and declared dead about 40 minutes later. Police have arrested the 66-year-old man driving the taxi for dangerous driving causing death. Hong Kong and Macau residents can resume individual travel to Taiwan from next Monday. The Mainland Affairs Council in Taiwan announced it will process online applications for individual travel from 9am on February the 20th. The council cited an easing Covid situation in Taiwan for the easing of travel restrictions. Chief Executive John Lee has dismissed suggestions that adding national security clauses to land sale documents will affect investor confidence. Potential buyers are warned that they could be disqualified if they engage in activities endangering national security. But speaking ahead of his weekly Executive Council meeting, Mr Lee said potential buyers of land look at a range of factors. Such a provision has been in place uh, for quite a while and there have been land sales uh, since its introduction. So this factor uh, is a natural factor that I think has no relevance at all to any decision by any businesses uh, who are interested in bidding for sales of land who will basically consider it from their business angle. A property analyst says the authorities are likely to see yet more land sale tenders fail because developers don't have much appetite for new projects at the moment. Peter Churchhouse from Portwood Capital was speaking after the MTR Corporation announced yesterday that it had rejected all three bids it received for the development of the first phase of its Oyster Bay project on Northern Lantau. It's the third failed tender for property development this year and the second this month. Mr Churchhouse said market sentiment was weak. Generally speaking, consumer sentiment in Hong Kong is pretty fragile right now. Interest rates are rising, as we all know, and that's having an impact both on the supply side and the demand side. So it increases the costs of the developers and also perhaps reduces the demand from the consumer. The cost of construction is rising quite rapidly or has been rising quite rapidly. And as we know, property prices in Hong Kong residential are down about 16% since their peak. 
Market estimates for the Oyster Bay site had been between $3.9 and $6.5 billion. Mr Churchhouse said it would have been a major commitment for any of the developers and its location wasn't prime. Well, it's a big site, that's for sure. It's not a super prime location, I don't think, either. So that that kind of is a bit of a negative. But it involves about one and a quarter million square feet of gross floor area uh, to build, which is a, a pretty big project. So it's a big ticket item. However, over the years, mass transit sites have proven to be very popular because, of course, they, with housing above transport facilities, it's a good demand quotient for, for, for that. So there's about 67,000 square feet of retail. Retail property has been a little bit questionable over the last couple of years as well. So yes, it's a very big site and uh, involves a huge capital expenditure both by the land and then for construction. So in this environment, I'm not surprised that people are a bit reluctant to put their hands up for that level of expenditure. Today is Valentine's Day. Not only is it a romantic day for lovers, but it's also a major earner for businesses such as florists, confectionery stores and restaurants, the latter being hit especially by earlier Covid restrictions. Mr Al is at the flower market, helping his dad to buy flowers for his mum. Mr Al Jr. says he won't buy flowers for his girlfriend, but they will celebrate in another way. My girlfriend, actually she don't like the flower because she think Valentine's is it's just a show. Because last year we can't go to a restaurant to have a dinner or someone have a lunch. So maybe this year we, we can go to have a perfect dinner or some something else. Yeah. Another customer, Mr Smith, says the price of flowers has doubled because it's Valentine's Day. So instead of opting for an even more expensive bouquet, he will arrange the flowers himself. For every occasion that requires flowers, I just go like to the flower market and buy my wife flowers. She prefers like either lilies or tulips or roses, and then like I I never buy bouquets because they really increase the prices a lot during the Valentine's Day. But I prefer to like just buy like individual flowers and then make the bouquet by, by myself. Turning overseas, around 90,000 people have held a protest outside Israel's parliament in Jerusalem against a controversial judicial reform plan proposed by the government. Protesters held banners reading Save Israel's Democracy. As the former Prime Minister Yair Lapid told the crowd the new far-right coalition would turn Israel into a dark dictatorship. The Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu criticised the actions of the opposition politicians. I call on the leaders of the opposition, stop it. Stop deliberately dragging the country into anarchy. Get a hold of yourselves. Show responsibility and leadership, because you're doing the exact opposite. And I want to tell you one more thing. Most citizens of Israel don't want anarchy. They want a substantive dialogue, and in the end, they want unity. There have been calls for long-term aid commitments in Turkey and Syria as work following the devastating earthquakes moves from rescue to recovery. More than a million people have been left homeless in Turkey, while in war-torn Syria the number could be five times higher. Fabrizio Carbone from the International Committee of the Red Cross in Syria expressed his frustration. The magnitude of the disaster is such that we are speechless. And... and all humanitarian actors, including International Committee of the Red Cross, we, we can only be frustrated, uh, upset 
by the, the lack of capacity to provide assistance and to some extent to focus on how you might turn work. Extraordinarily intricate scans of dinosaur skulls have allowed scientists to study in intricate detail how the animal's senses worked. They've also given important insights into the evolution of one of the strangest of the giant beasts, the spinosaurs. This report from the BBC's Oistopuka. The spinosaurs were the true giants of the Cretaceous, bigger than T-Rex, and equipped with long crocodile-like snouts lined with conical teeth. But unlike their cousins, they were fish eaters. Scans of the skull of an early ancestor, the baryonyx, have allowed its brain to be digitally reconstructed, and this has shown that it wasn't specifically adapted to aquatic life. Its hearing, sense of smell and balance were like those of its land-based cousins. Yet the spinosaurs flourished in the rare niche of fish-eating dinosaurs due to their extraordinary snout and teeth, showing how evolution can be driven by just one feature. The Czech midfielder Jakub Janko has become the first international player in men's football to come out as gay. In a video on Twitter, Janko said he wanted to live his life in freedom without fears, prejudice and violence, and with love. The BBC's Rob Cameron reports. Millions of football fans, both here and around the world, have now viewed Jakob Janktor's video in which he says he no longer wants to hide his sexual orientation. Janktor, who is 27 and has a young child, was immediately supported by fellow players, clubs, politicians and journalists. The Premier League and FIFA expressed their admiration at what in football is still a rare act that must have taken considerable courage. His own club, Sparta Praha tweeted, live your life, Jakob. You have our support. In a surprise move, Japan's government has nominated the academic Kazuo Ueda to become the next Bank of Japan governor. If confirmed, Mr Ueda will succeed Haruhiko Kuroda, whose term ends in April. The deputy governor, Masayoshi Amamiya, had been expected to take the central bank's top job, but he reportedly turned down the offer. Vicky Wong reports. The transition should mark an end of Mr Kuroda's decade-long monetary experiment that was aimed at shocking the public out of its deflationary mindset. This means the central bank's ultra-loose yield curve control policy, which has kept interest rates very low, could go. Japan would then join other major economies in raising the cost of borrowing. In December, inflation hit 4%, double the Bank of Japan's 2% target. The nomination still needs the approval of both Houses of Parliament, but the ruling coalition holds solid majorities in both chambers. To sports, and we start in the English Premier League, where Liverpool picked up a crucial Mersey derby win at Anfield. Liverpool beat Everton 2-0, a result that brings relief to manager Jurgen Klopp, who saw his team beaten 3-0 by Wolves 10 days ago. More from the BBC's Tom Gale. Jürgen Klopp gets his first league win of the calendar year. First off strike from Mo Salah and then a first goal in English football. Early in the second from Cody Gakpo. It means they leap from Chelsea up into ninth. Still nine points off the top four. As for Everton and Sean Dyche, a bitter taste of reality in the top flight. No cutting edge. Stay third bottom. A point from safety. Seven defeats in their last nine. And it was pretty comfortable for Liverpool out there. Investigators appointed by European football's governing body have said UEFA itself bears the primary responsibility for the security failures at the 2022 Champions League final between Liverpool and Real Madrid. More from the BBC's Adam Samuel. 
An independent report has found that UEFA bears primary responsibility for chaotic seeds that, quote, almost led to disaster before last year's Champions League final between Liverpool and Real Madrid. Fans were penned in and tear-gassed outside Paris' Stade de France stadium as kick-off for that game was delayed by 36 minutes. UEFA and the French authorities initially blamed ticket fraud, which drew them widespread criticism. And reports say now that no evidence has been found to support their claim which were called reprehensible. The former Premier League manager Chris Hewton has been confirmed as the new head coach of Ghana's men's national team. Hewton has been working with the Black Stars as a technical advisor since this time last year and worked alongside Otto Addo at the recent Qatar World Cup before Addo stepped down. The Ghanaian sports journalist George Addo says Hewton's appointment has been welcomed. The quartet had a fantastic working relationship. That's uh, Otoado, Chris Hewton, Didi Dramani, and George Boateng. They had a fantastic uh, relationship. It helped them to bring up like a new pool of players. You look at the set of players that we took to the World Cup. Most of them were there for the first time. Only two, the IU brothers, had played at the World Cup before. And so... The feeling that he's been a part of the process, he's been a part of the process to put not only in place a great squad, but also to put in place what I'll call a running structure, a new structure of the team. The only thing I'm, I'm sure a lot of the Ghanaians are looking out for, and they have been saying in coach that they want a coach who can be his own man, a coach who can ensure that the selection process is right. The world's top female cricketers have secured deals worth hundreds of thousands of US dollars in the inaugural Women's Premier League auction. India's attacking batter Smriti Mandhana led the way on 410,000 US dollars. Women's cricket expert Karuna Kashyap says the deals that could really change the face of the women's game went mostly to Indian players. This is a chance for them to play in pressure situations in front of big crowds on TV every night. India haven't been able to win that senior World Cup. They haven't been able to clear that final hurdle. And if they're able to build their bench because of a tournament like the Women's Premier League, it will definitely change the game. Women's T20 World Cup hosts South Africa have crushed New Zealand by 65 runs to claim a much-needed first win in the tournament. South Africa reached 132 for six in their first innings, led by all-rounder Chloe Tyron's 40 runs. In reply, New Zealand were bowled out for just 67. And now the weather forecast. It'll be dry with bright periods this afternoon, mainly cloudy and rather cool tonight. Winds will be moderate to fresh and all the leaves occasionally strong offshore at first. It'll be cold tomorrow morning, but fine and dry during the daytime. To end the news, the top stories once again. The Transport Commissioner says authorities did not do enough to promote the now postponed electronic toll system. Hong Kong and Macau residents can resume individual travel to Taiwan from next Monday and Hong Kongers prepare to celebrate Valentine's Day with nearly all COVID restrictions gone. The news from RTHK. This is The Brew Till 2 on. on Radio 3.
Professor Revival and Kathy Brown featuring Geo Gospel Choir. Your love keeps lifting me a higher. Valentine's Saint Valentine's Day here on Radio 3. Let's get it on. But I'm going to be talking to Dr. Marion Pierce in about 10 minutes or so, live from New Zealand. The North Island is getting a massive battering. They been in a state of emergency for the past 12 hours so at the very least he's going to be hiding in his car but do join us on facebook live if you can